the, the future at the moment is really on the 4IR. You know, it's you have to be looking at your computer science, your data science, on engineering field, and also, like I said, on the business acumen as well. The demands that your career used to have now, they're a bit different. You need to look at augmenting it. The fourth industrial revolution, known as 4IR, is shaping minds of the future. Technology will optimize operations to make them more profitable and safer. But 4IR also requires a new skill set. What are these and how do we acquire them? Hi, I'm Laura Cornish, Editor-in-Chief of Mining Review Africa and welcome to Deep Insights. This week, Senior Editor Gerard Peter touches base with Bokang Kalepa, MD of Balatsema Mining Services, about the skills needed for 4IR in mining. Kalepa is also the organizer of South Africa's 4IR in Mining Seminar, an event that seeks to identify the technology and skills needed for 4IR in mining. Let's join the discussion. Wokang, thank you for joining us today on Deep Insights. Let's get straight into the conversation. In the wake of COVID-19, how important is it to advance 4IR in mining? Hi, Jared. Um, thanks a lot for having me this morning. It's always a pleasure to add a little bit of what I know to, to the industry and share what I know. So with regard to your, uh, your, your question now, we now realize how important is the 4IR, um, especially on the mining side. And we now saw so with the lockdown, we, we started having a limited number of people that can come to work. In fact, at some point, it was a, a, a total or a complete shut. And before you knew it, then it was a limited number of people. And now this is now what we say efficiencies are, are quite important, trying to make the most with the limited number of, of people. So it's really, it's really quite important and you'll see how it now it's shifting the whole mining landscape or rather the whole employment or job landscape where people start realizing that they don't need uh, full-time employees or they don't need employees to be at work. You know, there's just now a whole lot of uh, new spectrum that is coming into play. So again, on the, on the health, now you see now we, we've got a new technology. It's not even new, it has always just been there, just that we're disregarding it because we assume that what we have is adequate. Um, came across a company by the name of uh, Stone3 and basically they're using CCTV in a more of an advanced way. It's coupled with um, artificial intelligence. Uh, what they basically do is you are able to monitor your unwanted behavior, for example, where a person walks in without wearing PPE or maybe they're touching their nose or there's a handshake or there's a congestion in a certain area or there's a bit of a sneezing. And also it even gives you analytics in areas where the most touched because, you know, we, we have to disinfect the places as much as possible. And also the areas that are most frequented, areas that most of the time that people... So those are some of the things that we're looking at that are starting to play part in the fire and mining. You've got apps that helps you with the tracking. You've got the temperature measurements now also still on the health side that have got the face recognition and your self-diagnosing app with a tap, you know, with your trigger action response plan to say, do you feel like this, talking about all those diagnoses of the, of the, of the COVID-19 to check if it's still okay? If you're not okay, then what is it that you, you have to follow? And it can even go further to, to report at the mine and call the ambulance for you and you don't go to hospital, it reports to your boss, your boss directly. Then you also have, uh, what do you call, your, your link communications to systems in case where there's a, a suspected case for, for real-time communication. 
and do electronic record keeping. There are some, a lot of mines that are still using paperwork, but there's also an opportunity for some mines to, to use this uh, electronic record keeping because it is gonna be required, especially in cases where there's a case and you have to, to record people that may, may have been, um, uh, what do you call, may have been affected. So one of the things that I was, I was considering was when a person was standing there being um, first-hand contact and screening all of us, I, I believe that somewhere, somehow a robot could have been more helpful or some sort of automation instead of us having people being directly affected with this COVID. And you know, even when you come to automation, theory will tell you that the most uh, areas that are going to be affected are those ones that are more dangerous. You know, the more dangerous work, that's where, you know, we're going to be seeing introduction of robots. And I actually thought of it in this sense when it comes to screening. Well, Fang, historically, the mining sector has been resistant to change. Are companies embracing the principles of 4IR? At the moment, I can say, look, there is still a bit of a resistance, but you see technology being slowly adapted into mining. For example, one of the mines that I, I paid a visit to um, that I actually sub-supply as well I work with, they've got their airport temperature scanners, you know, and with face recognition, and it's also linked to their systems for real-time for real uh, reporting and also data capturing. So you see that kind of technology coming into the mine. Why didn't you have it all along? I'm not sure. You know, we could have used it for other options or other, other functions beyond, beyond COVID. But, you know, you see that also picking up. Automation is also picking up and also we're integrating into the already existing systems. You see some um, artificial intelligence, your wearables and your Wi-Fi. Initially, I remember when wearables were being introduced where just for the safety of people to check where people are in real time that you don't worry about people being lost during emergency. But now they're being used in, a, in an advanced way. You get that a person has been tagged to say, okay, this one is an artisan. Where there's a breakdown of a certain machine, they can check where the artisans are and you can already know what is their specialty. And if they're closer to the machine, you can just tell them, go closer to that machine. Um, from an efficiency point of view, you can view from your home on your tablet or whatever, or your phone, your smartphone, to check uh, the number of people that are at work. If you've got a CM operator that is missing, but you've got a CM operator in, in another section, you can just easily move them to the other section before it's even too late. So those kind of things, you see them coming coming into play. So I believe that we are getting there. There are some masks that are hit, and obviously some of them that are being, being, being disrupted by this um, COVID. And some of them, it's a, this COVID became a wake-up call to say they need to start doing things differently because they definitely took a knock with this COVID-19 where limited number of people were allowed at work, limited production was also limited, was, was also enforced at work. Mohan, the pertinent question is, is Africa equipped to embrace 4IR? And if so, are there examples already in place uh, on the continent where 4IR has been implemented? Yes, it's going there. The study that was conducted in 2017, however, it had shown that the Sub-Saharan Africa only invests 1% of its GDP to, to, to research and development. But you had your, your first world countries that were contributing something like 249% of their GDP to research and development, you know. But, you know, we are, we are quite coming along. Um, you visit your Accenture, you've got your Accenture Liquid Studio, you've got your Commit Works presence in South Africa, you've got your IFS World, your Tau 5, and also your, your Stone 3 that are doing quite amazing, amazing stuff and some, uh, some companies in collaboration with your, 
Mandela Mining Precinct. So it's, we we get in there, we get in there. We're not yet there. I believe we can still go further, but I, I believe that this one percent of the GDP that we used to contribute towards the R and D, I think it has slightly gone up, and there's still a room for more improvement. We will continue our discussion with Bokhang after this short message. In August, Mining Review Africa honors all the women in mining that have contributed to building a bigger, more sustainable and more equal mining sector. Join us on Deep Insights as we acknowledge the true transformation and influence that women bring to mining, from the boardroom to the coalface. This is also your chance to show your commitment to gender equality in your company and mining as a whole by sponsoring our special Women of Impact podcast series in August. Want to know more? Click on the Engage tab on miningreview.com and join us in celebrating women's achievements in mining. Contact us today. Welcome back to Deep Insights, where we are discussing 4IR mining and the skills required for it. Bukhang, you touched on tertiary institutions. Now, the fundamentals of 4IR start at a learnership level. How are tertiary institutions equipping themselves to teach these skills? And what are these new skills? So you've got um, a center of learning or balance with the University of Pretoria. They're making use of the visual reality. Um, you also can just be have an idea of how a mind looks like before you even get there. So we are, we are really getting there. VETS has just introduced a new syllabus on mining digitalization and they've got their own center as well on the other side and University of Johannesburg it's it's talking on the being the 4IR leader they are really um they are really advocating for 4IR and we see a lot of papers being written by 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 its vice chancellor so we I believe that we're getting there in terms of the fundamentals we can still do more but I believe we're getting there now ultimately implementing technology means less jobs for humans now, how do we balance this on a continent where unemployment is rife, particularly in the wake of coronavirus? So the landscape used to just be focusing on the country, just the country alone, and we see the unemployment rate of the certain country, it's, um, it, it's so much. But now the landscape now has opened up. We, we, we can now, with the fire, we are given an opportunity to now uh, even get employed out of the country globally. You know, there are, there are platforms that allow us to do that. Um, I'm sure you may be aware of them. There's a couple of, you've got a Fiverr, you've got Upwork that you can be using to, to be a freelancer and do anything that is related to fire, whether it's going to be coding, whether it's going to be social media, uh, social media management, or it's going to be a digital PA. You can do a lot. You can even educate from your Udemy, you know, and educate somebody who's in India while you're in South Africa or what. So now in, in that sense, we, we can say that the, the landscape has opened up. Um, the most recent paper that I read, it was on Amazon now that is offering uh, jobs from home. You can be working from home, but while your, your main office is based in, in Seattle or somewhere in San Francisco, you know, so we've seen that happening now. So all that I'm encouraging at the moment, it will be say, it, it will be to say we need to learn, and learn and relearn. The university qualification that you had, you know, is not going to be continu- continuously relevant. I mean, we see that happening. If I had to just stick around with my undergrad degree um, that I had uh, when I graduated back back years ago, you know, I I, I don't think I you know I don't I don't know how would I be surviving. 
So in all of this, I would say agility is key and you cannot limit yourself to say, this is it, I'm done, I've got a degree and I just have to move, uh, move forward. So any role, not only in mining engineering, any role for that matter, or any career, it, it's coming up out, I mean, it's coming up, up, up with uh, different demands. The demands that your career used to have now, they're a bit different. You need to look at augmenting it. Mm. So Bukhan, can you just give us a brief outline of what some of the skills would be needed for mining in the future? I'm going to separate it into two aspects. So let's talk about the people who are already in the system. Um, us, you know, the mining engineers that are already in the system. So are we going to be saying that these people have to, have to go back to school and restart their education, their education was useless or what? No, no, it's, that's, that, that's not the case. All that they need to do is to augment what they already have. Because anyway, even with technology, it's not wiping off everything. It's just a building block on top of the existing ones. So what is it that you need to be doing? Business acumen is something that will never go away. You always have to be looking at it. Business is continuously evolving. The strategy that I had uh, a couple of years ago for Valetema, it has now, it's continuously changing. So it's just a build up on what I, I started with initially. Project management, it will always be needed with each and everything that is new that is being implemented. You know, it is, it's a life cycle. It has got the beginning and the end. So project management, it's gonna be very key moving forward. And your, your leadership, you need to have uh, knowledgeable leadership on, especially on the organizational development and transform, transformation. And for the newbies, those ones who are going to be going to school, the, the future at the moment is really on the 4IR. You know, it's, you have to be looking at your computer science, your data science, on engineering field, and also, like I said, on the business acumen as well. You're going to be needing that. Your industrial engineering, you have to, be, you have to look in the, into that, especially on the, on the lean manufacturing. That's something that we're still going to be needing moving forward. What needs to happen at an education and practical level to develop these skills? So we need to see more investment in research and development. Like I had said, some countries, they're really putting a lot of investment into the research and development, hence they're ahead of us. Um, they, get, they pay people for prototypes. You know, you are allowed to fail, you get paid for failing. And <laughs> that is why some of the guys, big tech guys who make it, they make it out of, out of our country. You know, I, I wouldn't want to go deep into examples, but we can look at our own Elon Musk. You know, we can look at our first guy, uh, Mike, Mike Shuttleworth, who went to the moon. You know, they have to go out of the country for them to be able to make it because the country is a conducive environment. It allows for a conducive environment to be able to, to do such things. Then your early skills development in both private and public education, you know, and not only a tertiary, a tertiary may be a bit too late. You know, expecting somebody to start uh, learning something new at tertiary may be a bit too late. Uh, I was impressed by my daughter's school. I mean, they're doing robotics at, the, at grade one, you know, but then that's private schooling. It has to also go further into, into the public education. So even the minds that are going to be supporting uh, the schools around through their social labor, labor plans and also their CSIR, they have to also be looking at, um, at, at upgrading uh, what they're giving or they're offering to the communities. And then the self-learning, moving forward, the self-learning, there's so much opportunity for, for self-learning. The courses come close to almost nothing, and some of them are free for that matter. You know, you can talk about the Code Academy, Udemy, YouTube, Coursera, LinkedIn Learning through Leander. 
and then also your, your university. So there's a lot of platforms where people can be learning for free. And it's just, this is just what comes at the top of my head as you speak right now. And then attendance of workshops, conferences, or even seminars. I mean, with this lockdown, there has been so many of them, you know, where even this podcast that we're having at the moment, try to listen to them and also attend those seminars. For us, when we did the Fire and Mining Seminar, we were hosting all the thought leaders, the companies, both the developers and the end users, and just basically ensuring alignment with one another. With the unions also included because they're also quite important. And then on the other side, we also have to ensure that there's collaboration between companies, you know, with schools. Uh, for my side, I do guest lecturing to make sure that there's always that connection to say, here is what is happening at the mine while you guys are coming from universities. This is, this is what is basically happening at the mine and that's what you should be expecting. There are a lot of aspects when it comes to 4-hour mining. In your expert opinion, what advice would you give to mining companies who are looking to embrace this new wave of technology? So we are, we are being fortunate. Um, the mines at the moment, they are really being filled by the millennials. And these millennials are really already tech literate. Smartphone is nothing new to them. They live with them every day. You know, they are really tech literate, uh, tech literate generation. And also the education levels, they've proven to be going up. And, you know, you can just now sort of leverage on these skills and start giving more skills to, to these guys. It's gonna be much easier for, for them to adapt. Unlike before, where we had low literacy um, levels and it was difficult for you to implement new things, it's gonna be much easier. You don't have to work too hard. If you look recently, um, South Africa has got one of the highest graduates in, in, in the world, but yet the unemployment rate is quite high. Meaning that where, where, do you, where are those people employed? They're employed in areas that they shouldn't be employed in, you know, not the certificates that they did back at school, so they're already in a system. You've got a highly literate system um, that you can, you can use to benefit you on this 4IR. It won't be a problem to implement. Mohang, 4IR in mining could also benefit a transformation. Let's touch on how the new technology, such as automation, uh, can benefit gender equality in, in mining. So mining, as we, we know right now, we've got growing rates of women and you look at the way, where they are placed and you look at the injuries that have been happening in the mines is because of sometimes it is not as easy for, for women to work because the machines were not originally adapted for women. I mean, we are shaped differently in height and also in width. It's a, it's a bit of a different thing. Also, our strength is different. So with the fire, you get an opportunity to be able to employ a person without that demographics mattering that much, you know, uh, because of now you're using technology more than anything else, you're not using more of mechanical stuff. So that's the opportunity that we have. And it's quite easier with this, with us having a lot of millennials in the mind and also the high literacy levels, unlike before, you know. So it's easy to, to train these people on something that they're already working on. And we're going to be training somebody on an app. They're already operating apps on a daily basis through their smartphones. So that's something that we can be looking at growing our, our industry into the 4IR much easier. Mohan Kalepa of Balatema Mining Services, thank you very much for joining us on Deep Insights today. Great, I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe to our weekly podcast, which is available on all popular podcast platforms. Give us a five-star rating and share Deep Insights with your social network. Also, 
Log on to miningreview.com to access our webinars, videos, industry insights, and the latest mining news. Until next week, goodbye and stay safe.